It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. My mum has told me consistently from day one that I'm not as funny as I think that I am. (laughs) She has. And she has begged me from day one to not try to be funny when I'm giving talks and don't try to be funny in your books because, Justin, you're just not funny. I think that I'm way funnier than my mum thinks that I am. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Spring. I love springtime. I didn't mention it yesterday because I was talking with James Brakewell, the exploding unicorn from Twitter. Uh, but spring, Kylie, I love the freshness of spring. I love. I don't love the magpies swooping, but I love springtime and it's here. 2nd of September, this weekend, Father's Day. I don't do Father's Day very well. Have you noticed that over the last 23 years of Father's Daying? You seem to have this expectation that just because it's Father's Day, the kids are going to bring out their magical awesomeness. <laughs> no, I don't have that. It's my dream and my desire. It's not an expectation. It's my unfulf- and it just never happens. unfulfilled hope <laughs> that one Father's Day, the kids are actually not going to fight with each other and, and, and just be nice and clean up and that we're going to have a uh, – this. who knows? This Father's Day, it might happen. It's one of those gold flex moments, honey. I think you just need to, you know – catch on to those little, tiny, brief, minuscule moments of joy. Well, I think the other thing with Father's Day and, and birthdays and all that sort of thing as well is I'm not a gift uh, kind of person. It's you not are not. You are the most painful person I have on my gift list. It, it's not because it's not I'm stingy or anything. I actually just don't. To me, it's the, not your love language. No, the gift is the relationship. It's the time. It's sitting down and and enjoying one another. Are you publicly giving me an excuse to never have to buy you another gift? Is well, that what you're doing? Well, kind of. Except I still like to get you something. See, that's the problem. So that I know that you've thought of me, but I don't. So, so I'm not the gift anymore. The gift is the thought of gifts. Oh, don't don't do this to me. I just I struggle with gifts, and it's not like you said. It's not my language. I I just don't get it. And uh, Father's Day this year, I don't have any expectations. You don't want another coffee mug? I just want hugs <laughs> and I just want the kids to be nice to each other. And uh, if, they can, if they can help to keep things clean and tidy and we can just enjoy time together, that'll be fine. That's all I want. Nothing much. You're not asking for much at all. Nothing much at all. Normally on a Friday, we do I'll Do Better Tomorrow. This is the bit where we reflect on the week that was. We uh, talk about what we learnt, how we can be better better parents. But today, you have something in store for me. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know that you and Craig Bruce, our executive producer, have been cooking something up. Well... You know, we've been celebrating Father's Day this week and you've had conversations with James and the the, the exploding unicorn. Yeah, it was great yesterday, yeah. <laughs> but you also talked to Osher and you talked to David Campbell mm. and you were pretty cruel. You gave them these oh. lightning round questions and they had to answer them really, really fast and you've done it to me as well a couple of times and I thought it was about time that you sit in the hot seat. Can I just highlight, nobody does lightning rounds well. Everyone thinks lightning round for the first two questions and then they get caught up in the questions because they're great questions and they really want to elaborate on their answers. Well, let's see how well you go. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say who it was, but one of the three guests that I had, when I said (laughs) lightning round, normally six to ten minutes, one of the guests, we've had to edit heavily because his lightning round went for 45 minutes. Well, JR, (laughs) I I want the clock to start. Oh, don't do it to me. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, Are they the same questions that I ask everyone else? Of course not. That would be unfair. Yeah, I've had time to think about the answers to those ones. (laughs) All right. Let's hear it. Father's Day with Dr. Justin Coulson in the hot seat. Okay, first question. Hmm. Father first or husband first? Husband. I don't even need to think about it. You come first, 100%. Well, how do the two roles interact with each other? 
I know that I'm better as a dad when my relationship with you is beautiful and settled and uh, connected. When, when you and I are seeing each other and hearing each other and valuing each other, we are so much better as a team working with our kids. And I firmly believe that the, the strength of a family in 99.9% of cases is founded on the strength of the relationship between the parents, the biological parents, the mother and the father, or if the family isn't together, the way they co-parent or the way that the step-parents integrate, like the, the quality of the parental relationship, the adults in the room, that is the foundation of the family. I, and I've watched it again and again and feel it in our family every time. It's you first. Thanks, honey. Three things that make you a good dad. Uh, Actually, I want to say great dad. Okay, thanks. Um, you've really put me on the spot here. I I think number one, um, I'm, I love my kids. I just love them. And they drive me up the wall in so many ways and I get it wrong all the time, but I love them to death. I just am crazy about them. Number two, you. You make me a great dad because of the way that you believe in me and the way that you forgive me and the way that you encourage me to be better. And and the third thing, I'm actually going to say four because I can't help myself. I've always got too much to say. <laughs> the study that I've done, the the input, the work that I've done to learn what it is that makes a great dad, I still don't implement it all. But the stuff that I've learned, that has undoubtedly made me a much better dad than I would have been otherwise. And the fourth thing, and this is a really personal thing and something that we don't talk about on the podcast very much at all, but my faith. The things that we believe in our faith about families and about the eternal nature of our relationships, it makes me so grateful and so committed to making sure that these relationships are right. Because I believe that they last forever, for eternity. It's not till death do us part. I believe that families are forever. And that makes me so deeply committed to being a great dad. Gosh, you've got me crying. I don't know how we're going to get through this, honey. Were there things that you promised yourself you wouldn't do? No, I never thought that much about it. You know this. When we started having kids, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea whatsoever. And I made all the mistakes that you can make. I think over time, I've promised myself multiple times that I won't hit the kids or I won't call the kids names or I won't do any of those punitive, horrible things that we're not supposed to do with our kids or yell and shout and get angry that I'll always keep it cool. And and I haven't kept those promises to myself or to the kids uh, on some of those things. Some of them I've done really well on and some of them I haven't because I'm a human and it's really hard to be a parent. I, I guess in the early days, no, I didn't make any promises and I've found it really hard to fulfill the promises that I have made to myself or to the kids since then or to you, uh, but I, I try real hard. We've got six incredible children. What do you hope your influence on them has been? That they know that they are valued, not for anything that they do or anything that they possess or anything that they give to the world or give to whoever, but that they just know that inherently they are worthy, that they are wonderful, that, that they are loved no matter what. How do you see yourself in our children's personalities? <laughs> oh boy um, okay uh, I see impulsivity I see a lot of uh, emotionality uh, I see enthusiasm in in several of the kids and a lack of regulation <laughs> do you know what I mean like I'm kind of a bit excitable and, and several of our children are as well uh, I also see their earnestness and one thing that I'm 
going to accuse myself of is sometimes I'm just a bit too earnest. I take life pretty seriously sometimes. I think some things really do matter and should be taken seriously and I kind of get caught up in it all. Uh, And so I see that as well. And as much as I love to say that I'm not into competition at all, I do become competitive, which is kind of why I don't like competition. And we have got a couple of kids who are competitive. Last response, there is a wonderful level of commitment to trying to be a good person that I see in every one of our kids. And uh, I don't know if that's an inherent human quality, but I know that it's something that I strive for every day of my life. Was there one single trait you wanted our children to have? I'm going to say two. The first trait that I want them to have is is faith. Again, that comes back to our personal background, but you could generalize that to say faith in goodness, faith that things will work out, that hope, that that hopefulness, I think, in hoping good things to come is probably the most important trait that we can have in our children. So I know I said two, but I'm going to make it one. Okay. And after the break, because time's getting away already, uh, give, me a, give me a taster, what am I in for right after the break? Well, we're going to take you back to when you were 12 years of age. We also are going to put your funniness on the line. Between 15 and 20% of teens have anxiety. Anxiety is one of the leading causes of mental illness in our children. And as parents, we want to know, where is it coming from? Can we stop it? And how do we help our children just feel better? Start by learning how to recognize anxiety in your child, how to respond, and how to give them hope. And the Anxiety in Your Child webinar can help. It's available at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And today we're giving Justin a bit of a run for his money. He is in the hot seat. We're doing a lightning round. Okay. What's the next question? Okay. So if I was to ask a young Justin Coulson, I'm thinking back to like 12 years of age, to describe his dad, how would you have described dad? Since I was about 10, I've had a memory deeply etched into my brain of one moment in particular, two moments in particular, of of my dad. And I have to share the stories briefly to explain my answer. One of those memories was when uh, my dad used to have a milk run, uh, delivered the milk door to door, and I used to go with him and we'd pull the milk cartons out of the back of the truck and run them and put them on the doorstep. remember one night we were driving along a dirt road and there was a bloke laying in the middle of the road, just a big lump of a man laying in the middle of the road. He'd been at the pub down the road. He started to walk home and decided that the road was a good place as any to have a sleep. And my dad helped him to get up. He put him in the back of the truck. He drove him home, pulled his wallet out and uh, found where his address was. And he drove him home and helped him. And I just, I remember that goodness in my dad, that willingness to go completely out of his way, potentially even endanger himself so that he could help this man who was clearly not in a good way. A couple of years later, when I was 10, my grandfather died. I remember seeing my dad cry for the first time as he uh, spoke at that funeral, gave the eulogy. He shared a poem that's actually not even that good. I finally found it a few years ago. Uh, It's a poem that's called, I Follow a Noble Father. Hearing my dad stand at that pulpit and read this poem about the way he admired his noble father, it affected me so deeply and it still does today. And so this nearly 50-year-old guy that you're sitting in front of right now, reflecting on that 12-year-old boy, I know that I would have remembered 
that I followed an apple father. Fathers have an outsized influence on us. You've um, just so beautifully demonstrated that in the, in the stories that you've shared about dad. Um, and whether or not we like it, our kids see all of it. Do you ever think about how you're perceived by our kids and what they think of you and, and how that makes them feel? Never-endingly. And that's why I do what I do. Out of 10, how funny do you think you are? Oh, that is such an unfair question. You get me all weepy and then you ask me a question like that. I've grown up in a home where my mum has told me consistently from day one that I'm not as funny as I think that I am. (laughs) She has. And she has begged me from day one to not try to be funny when I'm giving talks and don't try to be funny in your books because, Justin, you're just not funny. I think that I'm way funnier than my mum thinks that I am. I'm not a comedian, but I, I think that I'm clever funny and I have fun being funny. You're smiling at me while well, I'm saying this. Well, out of 10. Oh, what gosh. Are you, come on. All right. I'm going to say that I'm um, I'm an eight and a half. You're an eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and above would be comedian level. I think oh. I'm just <laughs> – see, I made you laugh. I'm a funny guy. <laughs> well, I may have just asked our kids what score they would have given you out of 10. Okay, let's listen. What would you say, Emily? Mm, about maybe a five. What about you, Lily? A 7.5 if I'm being nice. Annie? Seven. Ella? Well, that just depends. Is it funny haha or funny peculiar? <laughs> and Abby? Uh, I'd tell him a three, but probably a seven on his good days. Okay, so, so I'm 8.5 according to me. No one else thinks that. Yeah. I'm I'm a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. Did you know? I love Emily. You don't care. All right, next question. So, have you got a dad joke for me? <laughs> no, not on the spot. Come on. Okay, my favourite joke, I don't, I don't think it's a dad joke, I just think it's a great joke, is the Alsatian that walked into the post office and said to the postmaster that he wanted to send a telegram. And the postmaster said, what would you like to send? And the Alsatian said, woof, woof, woof. Woof, 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 nine woofs. The postmaster said, you know what? For the same price, you can have an extra woof. And the Alsatian said, yeah, but then it wouldn't make any sense. I I honestly, I don't know what to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering how it's possible for someone to be so smart and capable as you are to store that kind of... Oh, my goodness. Well, my, All right. My, my, All right. My other favourite joke, and it's the joke that our daughters love more than any other joke that I tell. <laughs> you know which one I'm going to tell, don't you? The cowboy rode into town. I can't believe you're going to do this. Yep. Got off the horse. He put, put the reins around the, 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 the thing so that the horse couldn't run away. And then he ran around behind the horse and he lifted up the horse's tail and he kissed the horse right, right on the... You know, well, you know, you know, lifted up the tail and right, right there, um, right underneath the tail, kissed the horse right there, and then walked into the bar and ordered a drink. One of the cowboys that was sitting there had seen the whole thing, leaned over and said, "I don't mean to be rude, but I just did. I just see you do what I. Th- I think I saw you just. Is that what, really? Did you do that?" The cowboy looked at him and said, "Well, yeah, I did." And the old cowboy said, "Why did you kiss your horse on the backside like that?" And the cowboy said, well, I've got chapped lips. Stops me licking them. I can't believe it. Honestly, I can't believe you just said that. I can't believe it. That's a great joke. It's so funny. Okay. All right. See what you've done. I, I, I was having a really meaningful interview and then you asked me to show well, I'll everyone take you how, back to meaning, all right? how funny I am. Because we, we need to, to get away from those jokes.
You love me. I do love you a lot. <laughs> so I've only got a couple left for you because this is a lightning round and yeah. you've taken forever <laughs> to answer all the questions. Just putting it out there. Okay. But it's can not, you- It's not going to be 45 minutes like someone else I interviewed. <laughs> can you tell me briefly about some of the fathers you admire and specifically people that our audience might be aware of? I don't know any high-profile fathers well enough that the audience would be aware of them and, 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 and to be able to say, hey, this is who I admire and why. What I can do, though, is I can point to specific attributes of some of the best fathers that I know. And the ones that I admire the most are the ones who are, number one, kind. Kind, compassionate, loving, patient. That, that, that constellation of attributes that gives their children the benefit of the doubt, allows them the opportunity to make mistakes and grow and be safe in talking to their dad about the difficulties that, that they're having. That, that is just so powerful, the kindness. And the other one, the other attribute that I admire the most, there's, there's a handful of dads that I know who they've given up work or they've given up careers, or they've given up any number, they've made significant sacrifices for their children so that they can have time. And I know that not everyone has the opportunity to do that, but in so doing, I mean, some of them live in places that they would rather not live, or they go without uh, certain financial benefits that they would really probably much prefer to have, but they've prioritised their children and their family relationships higher than than the financial side of things. And I look at those those parents and just think, I admire you so very much. Outside of your dad, are there any other father figures that you've had in your life that you admire? When I left home, I went and did a couple of years of volunteer work for our church. And there's a, a man and his wife who are sort of in charge of everyone who's doing that volunteer work in, in the particular area that you go to. Uh, that particular man, his name was David Knight. Uh, what, a, what a profound, profound impact he had on me in terms of his extraordinary love. He was just so full of goodness. So he was probably the first of those father figures. I, I fell out of touch with him uh, some years after that volunteer work. Uh, but my mentor, Wally Goddard, is another example of absolute goodness. He is just so good. And I would probably say that they're the two most obvious. Your dad, I, I mean, he's just such a good man, so patient, so forbearing, so willing to help. I, I, I love him as well. Your last question for today on the eve of Father's Day, is there anything that you'd like to say to our children? Well, they hear it all the time, but I love them no matter what. They are um, – when, when I think about you and the kids, I'm reminded of a saying that I heard. I can't remember where. I don't exactly remember who said it or any of the details around it, but the saying is just everything else is dust. Everything else is dust. None of it matters, and that would be it. Well, this has been a lot more emotional than I expected it would be. But I, look at the questions you put together. <laughs> how did you expect that that wouldn't be emotional? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I don't know how well you did on a lightning round. You did take quite a while to answer some of those questions. But I am really, really grateful for the conversation we've had today and for the things that you've shared. Because, obviously, as your experience with fatherhood has unfolded I have literally had a bird's eye view and I've been there right beside you watching you grow and and just love on our children and so I'm really really grateful for the way in which you have chosen to put our family first and put our children first and as your wife I'm just I I feel so immensely privileged to be a part of of your life story and to 
um, see so much of your goodness in each of our children and the legacy that you leave behind in each of them. So thank you. Well, it's profoundly and fundamentally changed me in every way. And um, I'm glad we got to have this chat. Thanks for asking those fun questions. We really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation uh, and we hope that you don't mind us sharing so intimately and personally. We thank you so much for listening to the Happy Families podcast. Have a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day for everyone who is able to celebrate it. For those who are not able to, we really hope that the day is a special day in other ways for you and you can make it meaningful for your family. As always, we appreciate Justin Rulon and Craig Bruce. They're the people who make the podcast sound great and turn it into what it actually is. And if you want more info about how to make your family happier, the place to get it is happyfamilies.com.au. Thank you.